What is up and welcome in. It is Post Loons, April 2nd, 2020. Unfortunately, following a disappointing 2-1 loss at the hands of Seattle Sounders at home at Allianz Field. How's it going? My name is Jeremy Rushing here to break it all down with you. We are presented by SodaSoccer.com, your new home for soccer coverage in the North. If you haven't checked us out at SodaSoccer.com yet, please do. Great pieces up from John Marthaler, Jacob Schneider, Eli Hoff. Dominic Jose Bisogno, um, a really good team that we're putting together at SodaSoccer.com, doing some great work bringing uh, Minnesota soccer at all levels, aspects, the coverage it really deserves um, over there at SodaSoccer.com. So go check us out and consider supporting our Patreon as well, patreon.com slash SodaSoccer. Also, if you're listening on the post uh, on the postgame uh, podcast, if you're not listening live, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed. If you're watching on YouTube, Leave us that thumbs up and uh, tap that bell for notifications so you get notified whenever we drop a new video or a new episode of Post Loons. And yes, we are here to break down that 2-1 loss. And as you're trickling into the stream, um, not only please give us that thumbs up. If you're watching on Twitter, not only give us that like and retweet, but if you could leave a question or comment, hot take to be read on the air, um, that would really help contribute to the conversation as well as I am rolling solo dolo tonight on post loons no co-hosts so you all are my co-hosts there uh you know in the in the wonder wall and the uh, minnesota united faithful so the more questions comments and uh, the more you uh, engage in the conversation the better it's going to be for everybody watching and listening and that is where we will get started um as you guys are leaving those questions and comments i will go ahead and get to my three things and my first thing tonight is that the loons didn't quite measure up I said on this week's episode of 10,000 Pitches with Dominic Jose Bazonio that this was kind of a measuring stick game for Minnesota United. The Philadelphia match to kick off the season was kind of a measuring stick. The Nashville home opener was kind of a measuring stick. But this is the one after really only scoring one goal per match up to this point. Obviously, they kept that trend going tonight. After you know getting a, getting a couple wins and a couple draws, this was the match where I thought we'd really see kind of where Minnesota stood in the Western Conference and really an opportunity for them to solidify themselves as one of those top elite teams in the Western Conference. Um, but the measuring stick didn't quite measure up for Minnesota Minnesota tonight in that 2-1 to loss. I don't quite think this really is a, uh, a huge statement on where Minnesota United stands in the realm, realm of the Western Conference or MLS as a whole as we get further into the season. But this was an opportunity for them to sort of you know, get into the national conversation, you know, a big home win over Seattle would have done a lot of things for how people view them and and maybe how they view themselves from a self-confidence standpoint. Uh, but alas, it is a 2-1 loss. So didn't quite measure up there, um, you know, and, and I think a missed opportunity, especially with those chances at the end that we will get to as we get further along here in the live stream. My second thing, Joel Paolo, am I right? He hit Minnesota United right in the kisser tonight, a banger of a goal. And he and Raul Rui Diaz really are two guys that continue to give Minnesota United absolute fits. Nico Ladero is one of those guys as well. Um, there's a reason why Minnesota United is now only 1-1-9 in their MLS tenure against Seattle. And those three guys, Ladero, Paulo, and Rui Diaz uh, are, are a huge factor in that. And uh, Joao Paulo did it again tonight against Minnesota, not only with the goal, but he really ran rough shot on that Minnesota United defense, really was getting anything he wanted, um, you know, especially around goal. 
Um, this could have been as as much as it could have been a two two draw. This also could have been three one four one for Seattle too. Uh, Joao Paulo and Co were that dominant in the attacking uh, in the attacking third for much of the first and second halves in this game. And my third and final thing: encouraging signs. I think there are really some positives you can take away and some positives you can take away with specific uh, pieces on this team who can maybe play bigger roles as we move forward. Um, you know, obviously Reynoso gets the, uh, you know, gets the monkey off his back with that first goal on the PK. That's great. Although I don't necessarily think he had uh, the complete game that you would want to see in a, in a full on bounce back that uh, you would want to see from a main Reynoso, but he does get that goal. But I'm more talking about the uh, play of Joseph Rosales tonight. I thought he was fantastic off the bench in the second half. I think that was a great halftime adjustment by Adrian Heath to bring him in. He uh, he did a lot of things and really did a good job, especially in the last half hour, 20 minutes of this match, um, keeping possession in the attacking half for Minnesota when Seattle was continually trying to clear their lines and clear the ball. It was usually Rosales that was meeting that ball, still on the attacking third and keeping an attacking sequence alive for Minnesota. So um, I thought he played excellent, probably could have scored a goal. Unlucky, probably not to. He had a couple really good opportunities as well. So I really liked his play. Um, obviously, Bongi is continuing to impress more and more the more we see him. Um, really not sure why it was Dunlady on the left as opposed to a guy like Bongi. Um, you know, Dunlady is more of an out-and-out striker. I, I get that he could probably play the wing in a pinch, but you have a healthy Hongwani. Um, unless it was strictly to rest him after the international break and the minutes that he played for South Africa during that international break. I don't understand why you would play Don Lottie semi out of position as opposed to a guy like Bongi where that is his natural position. But um, he, when he got in, he made things happen um, as he's continuing to do. Um, so really enjoyed the performance from Hongwani tonight. And then Kamar Lawrence, the newcomer. Uh, made his debut, obviously gotten in the trade after, um, you know, Chase Gasper, um, you know, removed himself from the roster and voluntarily entered the uh, the MLS um, uh, program there. Um, you know, that obviously left a bit of a gap at left wing, or excuse me, left back. Um, and Kamar Lawrence is the guy you brought in. Looking at the financials of the deal, it seems like this is a, a really good piece of business for Minnesota. Um, and a kind of a steal to get a guy of Kamar Lawrence's pedigree and quality in on, on not a huge investment made to do so. And he made some things happen tonight. Almost had a, a, a semi-assist on the, the fumble from Stefan Fry that, that could have led to a Luis Maria goal um, to equalize. Um, and he was making things happen as well. So those encouraging signs specifically with Lawrence, Rosales, and Bangi. Um, those are the three guys that I really, you know, thought had great performances and um, really played factors down the stretch too um, in Minnesota United, getting all of those chances in those last 10 or 15 minutes. Um, we'd love to hear your three things, your one thing, however many things, takes, questions, comments you have on the match tonight. Go ahead and drop those in the chat. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, if you're watching on Twitter and you want to contribute to the conversation, you're going to have to go over to our YouTube channel. Um, just go to youtube.com, search Soda Soccer, search Post Loons. You'll be able to find us there and contribute to the conversation. And uh, we have a couple comments in. Mark Fangmeyer, Adrian Heath, completely s the bed tonight with his tactics. Yes, we know, we know, we know the thoughts there on, on Adrian Heath. I thought that the first half 
you know, especially with the lineup, there was there was some question marks there. Um, I thought the move in the second half, bringing Rosales on, I thought that actually provided some quality. But there was a point in this match, and I'm, you know, to Mark's point here, there was a point in this match where, where Seattle made an adjustment, right? Minnesota had a very, very dominant first 10 or 15 minutes. They weren't really allowing Seattle to move the ball up the pitch at all. They were getting turnovers in the midfield. They were getting turnovers in the attacking third. And they were making things happen and continuing to put pressure on Seattle. Well, Brian Schmetzer, he's been around the block a few times. Um, and after that first 10 or 15 minutes, he made an adjustment. And Seattle was better able at that point to sort of break Minnesota United down and get in those advantageous attacking goal-scoring situations. There was not a readjustment made on Minnesota United side to that. There was not a counter made to that. And we do see that is sort of a common theme where um, in, in matches like this that we see tonight, there are some instances where it seems like the opposition adjusts and Minnesota does not. I will, I will, I will give Mark th- that, that point there. Again, I am not as far on that side as, as Mark is, but um, definitely think there were some things tactically that could have gone different for Minnesota United tonight. What do you think of the match tonight? Drop your questions or comments in the chat, and I will get to those as we move on in the stream. But first, it's time to shout out our friends over at Stimulus Athletic, quality game gear apparel, and athleisure wear at affordable prices. Jason Mora of Minnesota Soccer fame. He is the owner and founder of Stimulus Athletic. He noticed that when he was playing, that there were some jerseys that that he would wear in the lower division uh, soccer scene that they just weren't comfortable. And not only were they not comfortable, they didn't look good. And there is sort of like a look good, feel good, play good thing. If you're wearing a jersey that looks good, you're going to feel good and you're going to play good. But if you're wearing a jersey that neither looks good nor feels good, you're probably not going to play up to your best. And so that was, and he found that to be all too common in the lower division soccer scene. So he made, after he retired and decided to play in his roots here in Minnesota, he started Stimulus Athletic. And the idea for Stimulus actually started while he was still playing. But once he retired, this is sort of the route he went, starting this uh, game gear and game apparel company. Um, they are not just soccer, they're ultimate Frisbee, basketball, baseball, but they really do specialize in the soccer scene. And he has really made a name for them, himself Stimulus has made a name for themselves. Some of the best lower division soccer teams, clubs, and even uh, national teams wear Stimulus Athletic. Minneapolis City. Um, you have Adina Ultimate, which is one of the best ultimate Frisbee teams around. They wear uh, they wear Stimulus Athletic jerseys. Obviously, you have Joy Athletic. Both their soccer and their futsal teams wear Stimulus Athletic. Uh, Vlora wears Stimulus Athletic. Tulsa Athletic wears Stimulus Athletic. The Anguian national team or stimulus athletic. So if you want to jump on the stimulus train on the stimulus bandwagon, there's a reason why all these clubs are choosing stimulus athletic. It's because it's quality game gear and apparel at affordable prices. So if you're watching this and you are, maybe you're the coach or an AD at a school, or maybe you own a lower division soccer club and you're saying, man, this seems like a good deal. We could really use somebody to outfit our club with, with good looking jerseys and kits but at a, at a price that's not going to break the bank. I think that's what everybody wants, right? Well, that's what you get with stimulus. And guess what? The first conversation, it's free to have. It's free to just talk to them. So why not get that conversation started? Stimulusathletic.com. Click that Get Started button. Let them know Jeremy from Soda Soccer and Post Loons sent you over there. All right, Mr. Jeldy going to uh, 
chime in, said, ignore this if you already covered this, but where was Kervin? Yeah, so Kervin Ariaga coming off of international duty with Honduras. Uh, for all intents and purposes, looked like he was going to be available for this match, especially because he did not play in Honduras's final qualifier because of yellow card accumulation. He got two yellow cards in back-to-back matches in the first two games of that window, so he was unavailable to play in Honduras's final match. So he came back to Minnesota early, and for all intents and purposes, looked like that would sort of give him what he needed to sort of reacclimate himself and get back onto the roster for tonight's match. Uh, was not the case. Um, not sure what the deal is there. Um, I'm not in on the post-game press conference, obviously, because I'm here doing this. So um, we'll have to check the Twitter feed when we're done here. So not quite sure where Kervin was. Um, interesting to not see Kervin, but to see Joseph Rosales. Uh, Rosales played quite a bit in Honduras' final qualifier on uh, on Wednesday. Came back on Thursday, had one day to reacclimate, and he's uh, you know playing 45-plus for Minnesota tonight. So interesting to see him and not see Kervin Ariaga. Although I don't think the defensive midfield was really the issue for Minnesota United tonight. It was definitely more the attack and the goal scoring. Um, well, not necessarily the, the attack from a, a quality standpoint. They did some great jobs uh, in terms of generating goal scoring chances, but more the finishing um, was, was lacking there. Um, but yeah, very, very interesting not to see Kervin Ariaga in the roster in the lineup. Cause it seemed like it was all setting up for him to be in the roster in the lineup tonight. All right, guys, as I get to these game notes, um, you know, feel free to leave more questions or comments in the chat, and I will get to those as we move forward here. But we're going to hit on some of these main points of the match. I mean, it started with the 14th minute. Again, the first 20 or so minutes were all Minnesota United. Um, really not letting Seattle get past midfield, um, creating a lot of turnovers. They had a high line that was giving – uh, the Sounders, a lot of fits, really, really throwing them off their game early. Um, and 14th minute, they hit a counter with Reynoso. Sends a beautiful long pass that finds Will Trap. Trap finds a wide open Dunlady on the left side of the box. And he hits a half volley, takes a deflection off the crossbar. I think if it doesn't take it a, a deflection, uh, it's probably in the back of the net. Very, very unlucky for Dunlady not to score there. Really good opportunity for the Loons to get on top early. But alas, the crossbar is not Minnesota United's friend there. We'll fast forward to the 21st minute now. Minnesota finds themselves yet again streaking towards goal in an odd man situation. This happened a handful of times in the first 20 minutes of this match. Reynoso tries to thread one through for Lud, just a bit too much on it. Stefan Fry able to corral. Um, and this is where this tide started to shift. After this sequence, the remainder of the, the first half and then you know, most of the second half moving forward until that late onslaught for the Loons. It's pretty much all Seattle from here on out. This is where Brian Schmetzer made the adjustment. 23rd minute, Joao Paulo, who you're going to hear that name a lot, spoiler alert, as we go through these show notes, or the, these uh, game notes here, I should say. He just goes full and one mixtape on the Loons defense. Uh, back-to-back little flicks over the top. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody flick a ball twice in a row over a different defender each time, but Paulo did that. Um, and he was end up he ended up being taken down for a dangerous free kick opportunity, and that could have been the first goal for Seattle right there. As this free kick is sent right in at goal, St. Clair knocks it down, but it's loose in front of goal. Eventually, um, a shot, and it's hard to tell who even had that shot because there were just so many bodies in front of the net. There goes up and over into the wonder wall, um, and the loons uh, remain unscathed at least at that point. 
27th minute Seattle. This is really where they started to turn the momentum, um, where the, the, the tide was really on their side. A good buildup ends with Morris at the, at the end line, uh, sending a nice pass to Bruin. He forces a great save from St. Clair to keep things scoreless. 34th, Paolo with a beautiful ball to the far post to Nico Ladero. Ladero takes the half volley, but it's fortunately right at St. Clair, who parries the shot away, and they're able to clear. 38th minute, goal Seattle. And this was really the previous 20 minutes of dominance paying off for the Sounders. As Ladero puts one on a plate for Joao Paolo, they're hitting a counter here. Um, Balloons are having to scramble back in defense. Lodero sees a streaking Paolo with nobody around him. I mean, one-timer just outside the box. A guy like Joao Paolo, that's in the back of the net 10 out of 10 times. I mean, he does not miss from there. Nothing Dane St. Clair or any other goalkeeper in any other league at any other level in the world could have done there. Um, Just a beautiful buildup, a beautiful shot, a beautiful goal. Um, And that puts Seattle up in the 38th minute. And they will obviously see that through to halftime. Halftime subs on each side. Joseph Rosales, as we mentioned, on for Abu Ladi. They sort of switch uh, switch formations there to more of a 4-3-3 instead of a 4-2-3-1. Um, the halftime sub for Seattle is the returning Raul Rui Diaz. He came on for Will Bruin. Obviously, that's another name that uh, you know really gives Minnesota United uh, uh, fits. Has given Minnesota United fits in years past. Um, and then the 49th minute. Really, really unfortunate for the for the loons here. Goal Seattle. Shot takes an unlucky deflection off Brent Coleman. St. Clair's leaning the wrong way. And all of a sudden you blink. And we're not even at the 50th minute mark. And it's 2-0 Seattle. Things are not looking great. Really took the air out of the stadium. Uh the the crowd, although the Wonderwall was trying to get people into it, you could definitely hear sort of a hush come come across Allianz Field after that, after that own goal. Um, and then nothing really happening either way until the 63rd minute. And that's when Minnesota United makes their two other subs. Um, Bongi for DJ Taylor. Kamar Lawrence makes his debut coming on for Coleman. Uh, 70th minute, Debassi's low cross is deflected by Bar- Vargas right to the feet of Rosales. He lets one rip from about 25 yards out, and it goes wide. Um, 81st, this is where the onslaught started for Minnesota. That sort of last gasp that they were very, very unlucky not to score at least once here. Um, as Rosales in the 81st and Lud on a little give and go uh, back to the Honduran and he runs right into Reagan in the box. Penalty is the call. And in the 82nd minute, Emmanuel Reynoso, the uh, most important player on this team, buries the PK and the loons are right back in it at 2-1. Uh, four minutes later in the 86th, how they don't equalize here is absolutely beyond me. Uh, chaos in front of goal. Rosales and Lud both with shots. Um, Robin on the ladder, probably the best look of that sequence. Fry denies him. And somehow, some way, the Sounders remain in front. 88th, another golden opportunity gone awry for the Loons as Lawrence sends, a, sends one across goal. Fry goes out to catch it. He makes contact with the defender and fumbles the ball. The ball ends up right at the foot of Amaria. And this was more of a reflex and an instinct than really uh, a shot on goal. He just tries to take advantage of the situation, flick the ball at goal, and uh, it, it goes wide of the post. And, I mean, that's two straight sequences where you're just scratching your head. How does the ball not end up in the back of the net? 90 plus four, seemingly a last gasp at the death. Boxall's shot gets blocked. 
Rosales follows it up with one to Fry, but doesn't exactly challenge him. He doesn't get all of it. And then they do earn a corner at 90 plus five for the last kick of the game. Um, decent kick, but it does go begging. And the game is over. And things end 2-1 in favor of the Seattle Sounders. Now, the Loons, um, you know, I'm, I'm not really looking at the table every single day yet. Um, but sure, they're probably below the playoff line at this point on April 2nd. Um, the first loss of the year for Minnesota. So, I mean, you had the 0-4 start last year. It takes now five matches to get that first loss. So, you know, things could be worse. Could be a lot worse to get your first loss on April 2nd against a team like Seattle. But really, the opportunities were there. Um, and I think the biggest frustration is that that main concern still remains that this team cannot finish chances. What do you guys think? Hit us up in the comments. Hit us up in the chat. Um, Mr. Jelly following up his point about Kervin Ariaga says he just brings so much creativity. I agree. I mean, he's a, he's a huge asset to this team whenever he can get on the field. So it'll be interesting to hear why he wasn't available for selection today um, when he did come back early from international duty, seemingly to, to be available for selection tonight, right? Um, hit us up with more of those questions and comments while I go ahead and talk about our friends over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis is where you can find Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. Um, Derek Swanson and the guys at Ninth Street are all just, just great, great people looking to do great work, looking to do great work for the Minnesota soccer community, just like we are here at Soda Soccer. So our mission's really, really directly aligned with that of Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee. This is part indoor soccer facility, part coffee shop. So you can go play some pickup, rent a field for your you know party, group outing for your team practice, um, and then go get a pick-me-up afterwards at the coffee shop. Really, really cool setup there over at Ninth Street. They always have a lot of cool stuff going on. They have free, uh, they have free kids play once a week. They have 40 plus pickup. They have uh, you know, they have watch parties for periodic Minnesota United road games as well. They just had a huge watch party for the Minneapolis City US Open Cup match. Um, just a couple weeks back, it was packed at 9th Street. It was awesome. Uh, so this is a really, really cool place that really I think it has the potential to be the hub for the Minnesota soccer community, the place where the Minnesota soccer community goes and gathers to you know play some soccer, drink some coffee, you know, engage in conversation, watch a match on the TV, whatever it is. Um, this is a really, really cool spot. So if you haven't checked them out, hit them up on uh, Twitter or Instagram at Ninth Street MPLS, N-I-N-T-H-S-T-R-E-E-T-M-P-L-S, or that's the same uh, that's the same URL there, NinthStreetMPLS.com for more information. If you just want to go check them out, they're open, you know, regular business hours, even open into the afternoon and the evening uh, during the week as well. It's 801 South Ninth Street, Minneapolis, or online, NinthStreetMPLS.com. We cannot thank the people over at Ninth Street Soccer and Coffee enough for supporting post loons and we can't thank those of you watching enough for supporting post loons and supporting the solo rambling of one jeremy rushing tonight um i know we had a lot of solo post loons last year guys i promise that will not be the case this year this is sort of like a one-off thing where i did have a co-host lined up they had some stuff come up last minute couldn't really find a replacement so i promise this will not be a common theme we will have co-hosts periodically throughout the season on post loons and even if i'm not available to do it i always promise to line up two other people 
so, so we can have that banter and have that conversation. But if you want to engage in the conversation, head over to our YouTube channel, look up Post Loons, look up Soda Soccer, and drop your question or comment there. But now let's look forward. So big picture observations. This would have been my fourth thing if I were given four things, four things at the beginning instead of three. But where in the world is Adrian Unu? If there was a match to put in your DP striker off the bench, this would have been the one. Down 2-0 in the second half. If you can't turn to a guy you're paying four or five million dollars a year and say, hey, you know, we th- we we think you give us an opportunity to get a goal here. If you don't trust him even that much, what is he still doing on your team? Right? Um, it's very, very interesting what's happening with Unu here. And I'm not sure why it's happening, but he's played seven minutes and those all those seven minutes were in the first match against Philadelphia. We haven't seen this guy in over a month. And it's not like the Loons are blowing teams out. They've had one goal in each of these first four or five matches. And yet, you still don't see him. I don't quite get it. If somebody can clear it up for me, that'd be great. But it really is baffling and head-scratching why we haven't seen more of him. Now, I have softened up on my take that he should be starting. Um, Luis Amaria, at this point, I believe, is and should be the starter for Minnesota United. But I think Unu needs to be one of your first options off the bench. And if he's not, I don't know what we're doing. The only... I guess potential reasoning I could come up with is that Adrian Heath is waiting for his defense to get healthy and he's waiting to be able to put that two striker experiment onto the field in a match. And that's maybe where we'll see Adrian or new. I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about Anu? What do you guys think about this match? Go ahead and leave a uh, leave a question or comment there. And also give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. That really does help us out as well. Um, and now you're 1-1-9 one, one, and in MLS play against Seattle. We talk about the measuring stick not measuring up. You haven't really measured up against Seattle at all in these first four-plus years. That, or excuse me, five-plus years that you've been in MLS and you have been competitive for three plus years now, but Seattle has been that team that has really continued to have Minnesota United's number. Now they have a lot of teams numbers. Don't get me wrong, but to be one, one and nine and not really be able to improve that, you know, that record. Over these last three seasons when you've been a top four or five team in the West. The way the table shakes out. It really is sort of concerning that, you know, as much as we want to believe that this team has taken incremental steps up and is sort of working their way into becoming one of those top three or four teams that gets talked about in the Western Conference is, you know, a really real potential Western Conference champion contender. 
you see one, one and nine against Seattle. And that's, that's really where you measure yourself kind of really deflates that feeling and deflates that optimism that, that Minnesota United could be trending in that direction. Doesn't say they're not, but that's one of the best ways to measure where you're at is how you're performing against those top teams. I'll give you an example. So I'm also a Chicago Bulls fan. I'm from Illinois. Grew up a Bulls fan. I grew up in the 90s. Of course, I'm a Bulls fan. Um, This year, the Bulls are pretty good. But they have fallen from like third in the east to the play-in, which is like seventh to tenth, because they they cannot beat any of the top teams. If you want to solidify yourself as a top team, you need to beat a top team. Ric Flair said it. I'm a wrestling fan, so I'm using a Ric Flair quote here. To be the man, you have to beat the man. If you want to be an elite team, you have to beat an elite team. And Seattle has been an elite team that Minnesota United just cannot beat for whatever reason. If you guys have any questions or comments on that, drop those in the chat. One last shout out here, and it's to our friends over at Pence Homes. If you're on Minnesota United Twitter, you know who Nate Pence is. Um, he's, of course, a huge Minnesota United supporter. You can find him in the Wonder Wall at any Minnesota United home match. But he's also a supporter of Minnesota soccer as a whole. You look at the front of Minneapolis City's stimulus athletic worn jerseys, what do they say? They say Pence Homes. You go to our friends over at Equal Time Soccer, the great work they're doing to bring a spotlight to women's soccer all across the state of Minnesota. You watch one of their podcasts, watch one of their live streams, you see Pence Homes there on the ticker. They support Minnesota soccer as a whole. And we are proud to be part of that support at sodasoccer.com. Um, Nate and his team are realtors who specialize in the Minneapolis and St. Paul area. They have made a lot of people very happy. If you just go to pencehomes.com, you can read the countless reviews that they have received about the work Nate and his team do. They do awesome work. Um, So if you are buying or selling your house in Minneapolis or St. Paul, I implore you, not just as somebody who knows Nate, likes Nate, has Nate sponsors podcast, but like it would be a good idea to hit up Nate and Pence Homes. I promise you, just completely objectively speaking. In this market, it would be a great idea to hit up Nate and Pence Homes to see what they can do for you. So you just go to PenceHomes.com. You can see it right there at the bottom, P-E-N-T-Z-Homes.com, or email Nate. There it is, Nate at PenceHomes.com. I promise you will not be disappointed. Um, Big, big thanks to Nate and Pence Homes for sponsoring Post Loons and Soda Soccer. Dot com. All right, just a couple more minutes before we get out of here, guys. Looking ahead now, the next match, next Sunday. So no Friday night, no Saturday night. So you can maybe go out and enjoy your weekend a little bit and then be hungover Sunday for the match at Austin. If you're heading down to Austin for the match, have a fantastic time. Um, so that's a Sunday match. And then back at home the following Saturday, April 16th against Colorado. Um, Austin probably should have beat San Jose tonight. San Jose got two goals in two minutes in the second half to uh, draw level with Austin. But Austin's been a pretty decent team so far this season. I don't, I, I think they're sort of uh, to branch out of that expansion sort of role just in their second season and do some good things. And this is a team that can score goals in bunches. They've scored multiple goals in each of these first four games. 
So you're going to have to bring it if you're Minnesota United. And you're probably going to have to score more than one goal if you want to win. Probably going to have to score more than two goals if you want to win. I don't even think two goals secures you three points. Um, you're probably going to have to put up three or more. The way this attack has been going, I'm not quite sure they can do that. So hopefully they can prove us wrong. And then, of course, the match against Colorado back at Allianz Field on the 16th is going to be a big one as well. All right, guys, as these solo shows usually are, they're a little bit shorter. Um, I was avoiding Twitter as much as I possibly could. So I had TweetDeck. If you ever use TweetDeck, if you're looking to avoid your normal Twitter feed and really just like choose what you want to see on a select Twitter feed, uh, utilize TweetDeck. They don't sponsor us. Uh, but it's a great way, to, especially for trying to avoid spoilers. So wrestling fan, tonight's WrestleMania night one. Uh, trying to avoid spoilers at all costs. Tweet deck. I just had the Minnesota United feed up, so I was good there. So I successfully, up to this point, have avoided WrestleMania spoilers. So at 33 minutes, there's no more questions or comments. I'm going to call this good so I can go and watch back WrestleMania night one. Uh, but again, a two-to-one loss. A little bit of a sour taste in the mouth for Minnesota United fans tonight. Hopefully, they can bounce back next weekend against Austin. We'll have some great stuff for you, Minnesota United related and otherwise at sodasoccer.com this week. Jacob Schneider is going to have your recap up later tonight. And then he's also going to have a little bit of a recap up for the Minnesota United two opener, which is our home opener, I should say, which is tomorrow at Allianz Field. Jacob's going to be there for that as well. Busy weekend for Jacob. And he's going to write a little recap about what that home opener was like for Minnesota United too. So um, that's coming up at sodasoccer.com. Um, speaking of lower division, big point for forward Madison in their opener, their league one opener tonight. They go down to Chattanooga, 90 plus five. They get the equalizer to draw a level in Chattanooga. The Red Wolves were one of the best teams in USL League One last season. So that's a big, big result for forward Madison to kick off the season. You can hear Rob Chappell from Madison's 365 and I break that down uh, Tuesday, or excuse me, Wednesday morning on Talk and Flock. If you're a, if you're into forward Madison, we have a forward Madison specific f- podcast called Talk and Flock. Um, so if you don't subscribe to that, just look that up wherever you get your podcast and hit that subscribe button. Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button on the Soda Soccer podcast feed as well. Make sure you're hitting the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Make sure you're following us on all social media. If you're watching on YouTube, Give us that thumbs up on your way out. Tap that bell for notifications. And if you're not subscribed to the channel, please do. We would very much appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for watching, for commenting, for listening on the podcast after the facts. And we will catch you next Sunday after the match at Austin. Till then, have a great week, everybody. Talk to you soon.